Hey, damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Bobby Loveless. And I'm Danielle. Hey, damn guys. How's it going, everybody? Why did I say my name like that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Doing some, some voice acting. Acting! Yeah. Acting! There you go. This is our Book Club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. And here's Danielle to tell you all about it. Oh, no, Aubrey's going to tell you. Oh. oh. Danielle called an audible. I did. Which I think is a basketball term. No, that's no, football. That's okay. I know. I know. I'm fucking around. <laughs> Not that I know much more about football than that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what you, we are going to do is we're going to read a story and then you're going to listen to us read that story. And then you're going to write down some notes and sentences, your thoughts on that story. And we're going to talk about your thoughts. And then we're also going to listen to the thoughts and we're going to think about thoughts. <laughs> And then we're going to read another story and repeat the process. And in all of that becomes friendship. It does. It's and friendship. Love. Yeah. It's a book club. Yes. Back to Excellent. you, John. It's a book club. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and uh, back to you, John. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent job, Aubrey. Good job. Yeah, there you go. I got some shouts outs. Ooh, shouts outs. Shouts outs. You hear that, Aubrey? We're doing shouts outs. I want to shout out our good pal, Matt Strachbein, the letter hack. Oh, Matt Strachbein, the letter hack. Book club member, the letter hack himself. And also birthday boy. Birthday boy. Happy birthday, Matt. Matt, yes. Thank you so much, man. Awesome. Solid friend throughout the years. Contributor to the podcast. He's done a lot of cool art for us. Uh, couldn't oh, be yeah. more grateful to for sure. you know to have him in our circle of people that we know. He's been here to our house. That's true. That He's been awesome. in, in our house. <laughs> that was amazing. So yes, thank you so much. That was Matt, fun. He sat at this very table. Yes, and he held your sort of uh, hyperbole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he sure did. Hyperborea, yes. not hyperbole. <laughs> That's a completely different sword. It's a completely different sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much, Matt, for everything, and I hope you're having a great birthday this month. Also, you know, uh, check out Matt's live streams, the Letter Hack live streams, Mondays at nine thirty. Yes, Mondays Eastern. are back. Exactly. So I'll uh, I'll share the link to that in the show notes. Congratulations on 500 subscribers yeah, there you recently. Go. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, congratulations. All right, and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. It's listener feedback time. Yes. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out. We got a Hey Damn Guys from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr. Book club member. That's right. Uh, he says, re-listening and I forgot to talk about Darkstalkers. That's my favorite fighting game franchise, even though it hasn't had a proper new game in like 20 years. Uh, yes. Cr- crying I- emoji face. <laughs> I first found out about it when my parents had taken me to Toys R Us for one of my birthdays and they had some Darkstalkers figures. Specifically, the Victor one caught my eye. A big cool anime Frankenstein. Yes. I needed it. And since it was my birthday, they got me the uh, Talbane and Dimitri figures, too. Got to have a werewolf and a Dracula to go with your Frankenstein. I didn't even know there were figures of those. I want to oh, go no. find these Oh, now. no. Oh, He's my gonna God. Go look for these now. Eventually, I bet they look fucking awesome, too. <laughs> know, for sure. Eventually, I managed to find the re-release they had made for the PSP and wore that game out. Since then, I always try to have one of the versions of the game available to go back to every now and then. And I'm always praying to whatever dark forces are listening that we can actually get a new game at some point. That would be great to have like a re, not a remake, but like a um, a modern to kind of, you know, like what they did with the Zelda like Link's Awakening game. They kind of like right. remastered it, I guess. Is that the sure? 
Yeah. Well, like I mean, they're about to Phrase. come out. They're about to come out with Street Fighter Six or whatever. Mm, like I sure. mean, they could make a yeah, new they can make another one. one or whatever. I'm sure everybody would um, dig that. Yeah, but okay, I don't know so what the, what's wait. the deal with that? Why wouldn't they? I mean, isn't that just like printing money? People would buy that. I don't know, John. Would you want a version that looks like like Street Fighter Four or Street Fighter Five? Sure, I would. Just love imagine that. that new. Imagine that, and then all the gothic darkness. Yeah, uh, I mean, that'd be good. They I should. And they should get Hellboy licensed to get him in the game too, because that would <laughs> well, look the, sick. The old school games or the games, I guess. Uh, the animations are great. Like the the sprites are great, and like the fighting is great yeah. and so i mean just updating that to a modern platform seems like it would be a no-brainer i don't know yeah that's oh what, yeah that's what i was gonna say i i love the capcom designs like just in general you yeah. know the capcom designs um all the street fighter characters the dark stalker characters the resident evil characters fucking mega man sure. like yeah. all the characters just have solid designs and um oh the, yeah those dark stalkers ones are amazing though yeah uh hayden if you haven't uh, checked out that capcom fighting collection that just came out you should definitely get that you could probably get it for like 30 or 40 bucks, and it has like five different versions of Darkstalkers <laughs> on there. You could play it in English or in Japan or whatever, Japanese. So, yeah, very cool. We also heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book Club member. That's right. Drew said, another favorite video game with a favorite soundtrack is Katamari Damacy. Katamari Damacy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you, never, you never played that, Aubrey? You never played Katamari Damacy? No, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, it's like it's you roll around stuff into a ball, and the ball gets bigger and bigger, like a big snowball. Yeah, it's junk great, or whatever. And you're the there's well, like a prince of the universe, and he's he's trying to anyway. It's a cool game. Well, yeah. well, apparently Drew goes on to say, if you've never heard of it, it's a bonkers game where you're a tiny guy, the prince, yeah. who rolls around a ball and that gathers up everything it touches. <laughs> it's super fun. It's cute. Which then becomes, I feel like I watched somebody play this I'm game. I'm sure you have yeah, seen yeah. it, yeah. You roll around a ball that gathers up everything it touches, which then becomes a star to replace the stars that were destroyed by your father, the king of all cosmos. Man, yeah. what a dick. Yeah, he's a dick. I can relate. Uh, you start off rolling up things like thumbtacks and coins. As you progress through the game, you get bigger and bigger, and you can roll up people and animals and buildings and vehicles and mountains and clouds and the it's ludicrous and totally awesome it's very fun Fuck. i i think i need to play this yeah game. it's a good one and the soundtrack <laughs> is good i mean it's I, I i bet they have a version of it for switch sure. at this point and the, and that's one of the great things about it is the music is awesome yeah. for that game yeah it's really good that's cool that's great. a good a good mention good yeah. job we also heard from ross radke oh ross radke book club member mm -hmm. sometimes co-host oh, yeah. also the uh creator of stomped and artist of milagro oh, yeah wow. excellent wears a lot of hats many hats <laughs> that was a good job aubrey you know uh i'll link all those in the show notes if you haven't checked out ross's art yet he said happy in between holiday madness time mm -hmm. i figure i'd send a proper hey you damn guys email after listening to your scott pilgrim and chatting with mark tweedale episodes while it's funny to admit now there was a period of time in high school where i seriously thought being in a rock band was my calling in life I learned how to play drums so I could start jamming with my new friends in seventh grade. But eventually the others caught on to the fact that I'd been singing in church and elementary school choir my entire life and I wound up with a microphone in my hand. <laughs> Over a decade later, and I can still remember a lot of the lyrics to our original songs, our first band was called Psoriasis. Amazing. My nice. Idea. Amazing. But we also had iterations with different lineups called Baby Skank and Low Boys and the Heights. Wow. Low Boys <laughs> nice. and the Heights. That, so that almost sounds like a, a Scott Pilgrim sure, universe yeah, band. Yeah. <laughs> we also swapped members with a brother band called Shoddy, though I was never more than a roadie in that group. 
Problem was, I was really into Mike Patton Tool, rap rock, and new metal, and the other guys in the band wanted to play punk, ska, surf stuff. Oh, that doesn't match up at all. <laughs> the guitarist guy and I did share a love for grunge. We both grew up with, along with the White Stripes and the Cars, so that sound was the common ground we found ourselves in. Guy still gigs regularly with his bands Acid Tug and Mala Suerte, <laughs> and he linked both of those bands. So I'll go ahead and link those in the show notes. Shout out to Ross's friend Guy, right? All right. He said a lot Shout of out. a lot of insider garage band humor of Scott Pilgrim was relatable. Yeah. Though I'm ashamed to admit, so is his incredible self-centered nature. <laughs> At least when I was a teen and not in my 20s, I was that self-absorbed. Right, well, sure. I mean, when you're a yeah. teenager, that's the whole point. Is like you're supposed to figure that out when you're a teenager. Like, that's the whole thing. And then, like, you're not supposed to still be like that when you're right, Scott yeah. Pilgrim's age. How old is he, 26, 23? Right, yeah. Whatever. So it's like, yeah, you figure that out. I'm 23, Kim. <laughs> you figure that out as a teenager, maybe in your early 20s. I don't know. But, like, by then, it's you know, a little bit less of a people should start being like, hey, you're still being an right, asshole, yeah, knock yeah. it off kind of a thing. But I mean, you know, we don't, obviously you figured that out. You know, it's not as critical as it is for this character, <laughs> I think. Ross says, the gag about the rival band playing a very short song was funny since I'm into hardcore music where songs under one minute are common. Mm. I think Napalm Death's You Suffer is still the official record holder <laughs> at 1.316 seconds long. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm about to check that song out. I even made a playlist of over 300 short songs in order from longest to shortest. And Ross also linked that playlist. And oh, it's like a, it's like an Apple Music playlist. So okay. if you have Apple Music, I'll nice. go ahead and share that in the show notes. So Ross goes on to some video game talk as well. He said, I've never been a huge gamer. I went from having a Super Nintendo to the first Xbox, and those are the only gaming consoles oh, I ever okay. owned. So Super Mario and Donkey Kong Country are my roots. I also used to borrow Super Metroid, Chrono Trigger, and Earthworm Jim from my friend all the time. The latter game had a huge influence on my weird sense of humor and cartooning style. I could see that. Sure, yeah. I could see some of that Earthworm Jim and Ross's style. I went from having like the first Game Boy and a Sega Genesis. I did PC gaming for a long time instead of consoles. And so I had the computer and I would play games on there. I had that up until like you and I moved in together and then you're like, you've got all these consoles so I didn't need to get any. You have all the consoles. So I was just playing whatever you had, which was a lot of stuff. And so I kind of got caught up on all of that in in that way, which was fun for me. It is, yeah. Because you had like everything. It was great. PlayStation, Xbox. Wii and all that. Yeah, and all that stuff, yeah. But Ross also talks about PC gaming. He says the game that had the biggest impact on me was Oddworld. I had the first two games, Odyssey and Exodus, for PC. Oh, wow. Please, if you've never played these games, download the new and tasty version of the first game for mobile, or at least watch through some playthrough and cutscenes. It's the most insane puzzle platformer of all time, featuring a deep mythology, imaginative creature designs, and wickedly violent and funny satire. How fun. My love of the weird lore of Oddworld was such that it inspired me to write my first and only fan fiction. Awesome. It was essentially an attempted novelization of the first game. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I haven't actually played Oddworld, but I had watched a friend play Oddworld for like one night when I was over hanging out with him and just watching him play video games in the 90s. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually checking it out. It is on Switch. Oh. So I was like, oh, I might want to get that. I, I love out. a platformer. Yeah, I played Mist. I don't know if that's comparable at all. <laughs> that's not oh, really a platformer. Mist. Think, no, it's right? not. I definitely played Mist, though, on the PC. 
I remember everybody talking about Miss when yeah. that came out. Ross goes on to say Munch's Odyssey for Xbox was unfortunately not very good, but it still had an mm. interesting story. By the time Stranger's Wrath came out, I wasn't playing video games anymore. They recently released a completely built-from-scratch version of the second game called Soulstorm, which is the first time I felt tempted in recent years to buy a new game console. Soulstorm. Like a storm in your soul? Yes. Okay. The last time... Or a storm of souls made out of souls. It says Soulstorm. Tell us which one. Tell us which one. Um, but the last time I bought a gaming console for a game was the PlayStation 4 because mm. I really wanted to play those Spider-Man games. <laughs> and I was so angry that they were PlayStation exclusives. And I actually – but it was yeah. like right around the time the PS5 came out and mm. I'm barely getting a PS4. But it's like – Well, no, but so you got a good deal on so it. So I got a good deal is, on yeah, it. And that's how you do to, it. I'm able to get all the games for really cheap yeah, now. Yeah, there you go. So, and a lot of the game new games are still coming out for PS4 anyway. So, yeah. You know, so it's it gives fine. gives a shit. I mean, nobody can find a PS5. <laughs> so he said, uh, he said, you don't need to read this long email on the podcast. Well, I just did. Well, we did so that. you're welcome. There you go. We had a great time listening to it. Uh, but listening to you damn guys talk about playing music and video games got me all nostalgic for things that brought me joy in life that I no longer get to engage with. Mm. Hope all is well with you and that everyone survives the holidays and New Year with their sanity and health intact. Ross Rash. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that, Ross. We appreciate that. Thank you. For sharing all that. Thank with you, us. Ross. Yeah, friendship. And um, I'm also a big Mike Patton fan too. Oh yeah, we've seen Mike Patton a couple times. Right? Yeah, yeah. We saw him yep. um, for Tomahawk. We've also seen him for Faith No More. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw Faith No More open up for GNR Metallica in '92, and then I saw Tomahawk. He's so amazing. I think that's it. What a guy. <laughs> he was on M- Medulla, wasn't he? The Bjork album, Medulla. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about. That. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm mentioning that. it twice because it's great that he did that. Anyway, Ross said, uh, finally, one of the things that Ross had put in here was he said he linked his only known documentation of him playing drums. Okay, here we go. go. I'm pulling it up right now. Let's do it. It's pretty good. You're a good drummer there. You got some rototoms going on or something like that? Does he have rototoms? I don't don't see any. I don't There's see these any. three drums, or what are these three things? Oh, I don't know. What are those, actually? Those are very high up. I'll have to send you this video, Aubrey, so you can check this out. Yeah, because yeah. that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Very anyway, nice. Okay. You're a good drummer, Ross. Awesome. Now we know something else about you. Ross Spradke, artist, co-host, and, and also sometimes drummer. Very good. Excellent. Thanks for all the video game talk. We have some more listener feedback, but I'm going to save that for our Baltimore episode because okay. a lot of it is about Baltimore. I'm going to save that for when Wes is back on. Okay, I see. Um, Very nice. Yeah, so we'll save that for then. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. Hey! And this week we're continuing our discussion of Catwoman Lonely City. This is a series done by Cliff Chiang. And today we're going to be talking about issue three. It came out in April of 2022. And uh, if you haven't been reading this comic check out our episodes 43 and 44 of this podcast where we talked about issues one and two of this awesome series um so yeah i'm gonna hand it over to danielle go ahead yeah i'm excited to get into this comment hey and we're jumping back in back into catwoman lonely city and oh boy book three is called blood and thunder that's exciting that's exciting boys Yes. What do you think about Very that? Very exciting. This was a really fun book to read. Yeah. I did want to talk about this cover, though. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the cover. Um, so a lot of our roots are in Hellboy comics and Mignola stuff. Yeah. And so that's what this made me think of. We're looking at the Chif- the Cliff Chang Our cover. podcasting roots? Is yeah. that what you're referring so, to? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and like, I couldn't help but think of that, where she's hiding behind this big angel statue in this like cemetery oh, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, and the colors. And it's all this and kind of like the blue color and everything. 
Exactly. Like when I saw this, I just like shades of Dave Stewart and Mignola for some reason. I still felt that. So anyway, shades really cool cover. Yeah, I really like that. Gotta give a JR in there. So we're looking at it's 10 years ago from whenever we were and Selena is in prison. Clearly the color choices here are meant to convey how dreadful and soul crushing prisons yeah, are and wow. how they just fucking destroy a person like break yeah. break them down and strip them of their humanity, abolish prisons. So uh, Selena doesn't want to get involved in any of the gang politics, which all seem to be race driven. And this one girl, Yuna tries to ask Selena for help, and Selena is reluctant at first, but then later she can't help herself and tries to train the girl a bit, and that doesn't work. She actually fights the people who are giving Yuna a hard time, which starts an actual prison riot, which leads to Selena being put into solitary, and she gets out. Yuna's been murdered, and after that, it seems like she stays out of things for real, just minds her business, and it's the same day every day, just some absolutely dreadful stuff, so not a good time in prison. Yeah, I really like this scene. Um, When we first meet Yuna, the first thing she says is, oh, God, this is bad, fucked up so bad. Like, she's already, this is going to be terrible. And then it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that is, on the reread when I went back to this again, like, that really caught me. But these last couple panels after she's killed, where she's just alone and it kind of, like, pans out. You know what I mean? She's kind of, like, lost amongst the all the other people. Yeah, it was really powerful. I love um, that panel where she fights the people that are, I guess, that she's protecting Una from. Um, that one panel, she's got all the blood on her knuckles and stuff like that. That is really cool. Yeah. The the, the minimal color choices really make those kind of reds stand out. It's it, almost like prison orange, though. I wonder if that's meant to be like right, what they right. wear kind yeah, of a color. Yeah. Like it's just all kind of this sepia and orange. Well, yeah, no, that is. The oh, color yeah, definitely. Their, that, that's the color of their uniforms. Yeah. Like after Selena like knocked out that one that one person and all that, you see, I guess like the boss person like kind of just kind of makes a signal and another person throws a like a lock into a sock and whacks Selena across the head. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's just some. That's, yeah, it's uh... brutal. Uh, so I think this is meant to sort of put us into the mind frame of Selena. Like after she got her present, she was like, "I'm just gonna fucking." Right. This is, you know, so she's had years and years to think about all of this and go over it and over it in her mind. And so that kind of puts all of this current predicament into perspective for us, which is good here. So we jump ahead in time. It's now two weeks to election day. And uh, the colors here, obviously much more vibrant in the present day. Uh, Selena's knees are not doing well at all. And there's a Dr. Tompkins here to give Selena some shots in her knees. That's no good. Apparently, this is the same doctor who would patch Bruce up back in the day when his injuries were beyond yeah. Alfred's skills. Oh, this is Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I have yeah. a little thing about this. Okay, this? yeah, go for it. Yeah, she uh, was created by Dennis O'Neill and artist Dick Giardardo. She first appeared in Detective Comics 457 in 1976, and she's actually appeared in live-action versions of like adaptations of the Batman universe and stuff like that. Oh, wow. She was uh, based on Dorothy Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Very I cool. Like Thank you, John. Oh, yeah. No, Leslie Tompkins is a pretty cool character. Very nice. Yeah, yeah she's cool. I like her. So um, after the knee injections, it's tea time. They're having some tea. What kind of tea are they having, John? Oh, man. I didn't even notice that. Looks like some wow. Earl Grey, We've maybe. We've been talking about tea. With some uh, bergamot, maybe some lavender in there. Why not? Ooh. And uh, <laughs> this is what I'm imagining they're drinking. Yeah. She needs to calm down. Ooh, after the injections. Uh, so uh, we discover that Alfred has passed away. 
And I like the last few movie Alfreds we've had. I thought Michael Caine, Jeremy Irons, and Andy Serkis all did a fabulous job. I think that, John, maybe you don't think that, but no, I certainly I do. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no, um, they're great. We got no, some good Alfreds. Well, I think what about all of them are great. Well, well, what about, um, what's his name? Something Go. What was his name? Huh? Uh, what? Was it Michael? Michael Go. What about him, Danielle? Michael Go. Oh, I don't remember. What movie was he in? He's Michael Keaton's Alfred. Oh gosh, no, uh, yeah, totally. He's yeah. been he's been Alfred in more movies than anybody else. Has he really? That? Oh wow. Yes. Very cool. Yes. So Very what good. about him? Hello, Gotham Cornerstone. Yes, we seem to be down to our last diet cook. A gentleman is on his way to pick some up. Just look for a black car. No. This black car will be rather difficult to miss. And by the way, the gentleman is usually in quite a rush. Just for the taste of it, Diet Coke. So old, though. Like, really frail. And like, I, every second of that movie, I'm like, oh, sit down. Oh, you poor baby. Sit. Have a seat, man. I don't even know if that's his name or not. Um, rest in peace, also. Yeah. Uh, I, I love him, though. He's a great... He, I, I do like him as this... Uh, as a butler, maybe he's not like the Alfred that can like fix the Batmobile and right. patch up Bruce and and fight yeah. occasionally. You I know do what I mean? prefer Alfred being like a man of action, like he's kind of Batman's like dad figure, but he's also like I was in the Secret Service or whatever the equivalent in England. Yeah, yeah, no, I do like the that. CIA, British, of Alfred, British yeah. CIA. What's it um, called? Imp- Pennyworth, the origin <laughs> of Batman's butler. Isn't oh my that a TV gosh! Show right now. Uh, I have not watched that. Uh, but you're right. His name is Michael Go. Oh, it is. Cool. Thank you so much, Aubrey. Excellent. What is the name of the CIA for the British people? Oh, MI5. MI5. MI6. MI6. Thank you, Aubrey. Yeah. Whatever that is. Anyway, I like Wait, that. MI6 might be James Bond. Okay. <laughs> Either way, we, we get it. So uh, cut to Selena in the gym. She's training Edie. Uh, she previously was like, I don't know about this, but she's doing it. They're flipping around, and we got a couple of boys on treadmills, as well as Croc lifting two tons over his head. He's back, baby. He's doing great. Look good, feel good. I'm the motherfucking king of Gotham. Yeah. Yes, King Croc. <laughs> king Croc. King Croc. I got to talk about the t-shirts. Yeah. Um, always some great Easter eggs there. Yeah, do it. Uh, we've got a Doom Patrol t-shirt. Nice. And I was trying to think about what uh, Edward Nigma's shirt says. I thought it said Lobocop. Oh. But it, I don't think it does. I don't know what it says. Anyway, Mate, could it, it be RoboCop though? Did Marvel put out the RoboCop comics? What? Who was that? Who did that? Oh, the Dark Horse. That's I Dark think, Horse. Did okay. RoboCop. Uh, but it looks like an L shape. It's not an R, is it? I don't know. And there's I like an American know, yeah. flag on it. Anyway, if you know what that Easter egg is, let me know. I know it means something. Uh, so the the gang is ready, right? They're ready, and we see in the very last panel something kind of interesting. We see that Ivy can change. Her the color of her skin from green to oh, you know yeah, a different color, like, which is yeah. cool. So that's there. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, that's a good detail. Like she can kind of chameleon. Yeah, but at least between like green and like her normal skin well, color. Well, what guess. is normal? Yeah. I mean, normal for her might be green. Yeah. So maybe she's just like, I just want to pass for what uh, yeah. other people consider exactly. to be normal yeah, and yeah, not yeah. be green sometimes because people will yeah. harass me. Like but that. yeah, so. Uh, so the gang heads over to Arkham to pull off yet another scheme. They get in there and snag some of Clayface. I like how they just take a little chunk right out of him, like a can-shaped chunk, Clayface in a can. 
Oh, right. So, yeah. They, uh... Don't you think he'd notice that was missing? Like, he, he can shapeshift into any form. That has to mean that he would have feeling in that section. I guess maybe the collar he's wearing is a power suppression collar. Right. So maybe that hinders his ability somewhat. Well, I, I love this thing because he, like, he's, they put it in the chocolate mousse. And he's all excited that they have the chocolate mousse in the Arkham cafeteria. Yeah. He's like, I hate the... What does he say? <laughs> ah, mousse a chocolat. Would that it were a weekly treat instead of that foul cobbler. Do let your supervisor know, won't you? Like, he's very... I like this version of Clayface. Yes. I think that's very... Basil oh, Carlo. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I, I yeah. love uh, Basil Carlo. He's an actor, right? So, he's yeah, an actor! Yeah. Sense that he would talk like I think that. the guy on the Harley Quinn cartoon did a fantastic job with him. I love the way that... Is that yes. Alan Tudyk? <laughs> Was it Alan Tudyk? I no, he's Joker. Isn't yeah, he? but isn't he several guys on that show? Probably. I mean, you don't get Alan Tudyk in for one voice. I'll look it up. You can okay? Go. Yeah, you look it up. But he's uh, so I don't know what is preventing him from noticing he's missing a chunk of himself. Who knows? But whatever. So you're right. It is Alan. Is Tudyk. it Alan Tudyk? Okay, yeah. I figure because he's just very. Uh, well, it's a I perfect role like... for him too because he went to Juilliard. I can play the role of shark if he won't. Raw, tis I, the violent type of shark. Straight from the beaches of Amity, fear my rows of teeth by unpredictable nature. Well, I just assume, like you know, the mud of his mud existence. I guess it's just like parts of it fall off all the time. Yeah, and he just and he acquires new mud as he gets moves oh, around. Oh, can he acquire new mud? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It's really interesting. I I don't know. I mean, I guess. I never really thought about it. If you I, think about it too much, it's not. Yeah. You can't think about it too much. I think. Uh, the way I think about it is, is like you know, the mud falls off, and if he connects with mud, he can join up with that mud. Oh. You know, like Sandman can become that is an really bigger if he gets more sand. Yeah. So technically, yeah. he could control the entire Earth. I don't think we should think about that for too long. <laughs> That's well, going to be mean, too upsetting. So let's move on. It has a range. No. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He only has a certain amount. Oh. Of so anyway, and then like when it drops off of him, it still regains some of that thing and then until it decays and it just becomes normal mud. I see. Okay. Oh, Interesting. Right. Yeah. That's my no prize. I love that. Explanation. Very good. So the jig is up and they got to get out of there. But oh wait, there's no one even in the getaway truck. It was a diversion. They've escaped yes. into some underground tunnels. But oh no, there's bat cops. Mm, how'd the bat cops get there? Why'd they, how'd they know how to be there? We don't know. So Killer Croc is in the process of busting them out of there when he gets shot. And the wall that he was smashing through uh, he's holding up so they could all get away, comes down on top of him. And Selena wants to try and save him, but Croc knows that she can't get him out of there, and this is just fucking awful. This is horrible. It he really doesn't is. he doesn't want the bat cops to get him, so he asks Selena to take him out, and she does. And it's just the fucking worst, man. King of Gotham, King Croc. Man, this all made me us all like sad and teary. Yeah, well, you they know? Cliff Chang it's spent so a long good. time building this character up yeah. for us. You know what I mean? He really like made he, him like made him like a highlight of the book. Yeah, and, and very endearing yeah. to the reader. He made us give a I shit mean, about this yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, he used to be the king of Gotham. I know. Jeez, yeah, I love him. Oh, it's so good. I love Killer Croc. Well, the and Killer then there's Croc a panel great. right in the end when she, you know, like Mercy kills him. The blam with the shell going across. Right. Yeah. And there's a panel. Ooh, yeah. There's a panel of him buried under all this rubble. And it's all dark. Cliff Chang. He uses a lot of purples there. And then there's this radiant beam of light coming down from where the ladder is there. Right. And it just really highlights just how fucking close he was to making it out of there. Oh, and the right. look on her yeah. face, like, God, it's right there. Yeah. It's right there. And yeah. that panel really 
is so yeah anyway so this... it's kind of showing yeah. like here's where the here's yeah. the beacon here's where the the end point is you know what i it mean it was so close anyway so it's just very yeah. it really affects selena it hits it hits her really hard i i do want to talk a little bit about the colors though yeah, over sure. these pages because um i was really struck by the colors in the chase scene you know yeah. the orange and the green as the truck is going out there and it takes you through this whole thing. So when you get to that moment with Selena and Killer Croc. Yeah, there's all these greens. And right. then it kind of turns into this purpley exactly. thing. Yeah. It really does really tell good. a story with the colors. It makes me think of yeah. uh, when we were doing the Hellboy Book Club and Mark showed us like the expanded on uh-huh. the Abe Sapien right. comics. Like if you pulled back. made me think about yeah. that as I, was, as I was looking through these. Because it it takes you through this whole vibrant scene um, down to like this really kind of low point. The Emo- man knows his color theory. Yeah, emotionally sure. and you know in the colors. So just just amazing. Yeah, I love that. So uh, Harvey Dent, what a fucking ghoul! Just literally displays Croc's dead body on the news. I oh, guess you can just man, show a corpse on the news. Yeah. Fucking savage. He's using this as a justification for his citywide curfew. He's rolling out tanks. Barbara speaks out against this, of course, and Dent's advisors are not thrilled with what he's been up to he's got that coin again and that does not bode well that one panel of selena just sitting in her apartment with a bottle yeah like during all this like you know as he lifts the veil and you know veils the yeah, curfew fucked and, up. Uh, it's just like yeah i mean she's she's just mourning her friend yeah for sure yeah. well and so over at ma hunkle's bar they're all holding a candlelight vigil for poor croc um he had a big hat and an even bigger mouth but he was like a brother to me Gonna miss you, Waylon. I remember the first time, and so there's just going on, <laughs> right? And uh, but these are so the these are the same guys that were being rude to him before, though. Like all putting him down and telling yeah, him I was gonna say, he wasn't that... shit. Uh, so yeah, whatever, oh, wow. I guess. Yeah, you're right. I like, forgot fuck about these that. guys. Yeah, I love um, Selena's costume. She's kind of got yeah, her incognito her. thing. And I think we talked about this earlier, but all these news scenes remind me of uh, like. Kind of like the Dark Knight. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns, you know, with all that motif kind of throughout that book. And uh, the whole gang is here. You know, you've got uh, Eddie and Edie and uh, Winston and Ivy, and they're all there having their drinks. And yeah, it's super sad. They've got his picture. Ma Hunkle's standing behind a, a framed picture of, uh, of Croc, King Croc, with the candles yeah. in front there. So just super sad. And so... Um, yeah. Selena's having a hard time with all this. She and Croc were close, and she feels like his death was her fault. And Eddie, a.k.a. the Riddler, takes her outside for some air, and she's completely done with this shit, man. She is out. She does not want to go through with the big job that they're working on, uh, which is breaking into the Batcave, for anyone who forgot. Right. And Eddie Orpheus. tries... Yes. and or, Orpheus, yeah. And Eddie tries to convince her to just think about it before giving up, and then they do a big kiss, everybody. They do a big kiss. John, can we get a studio audience in here? Ooh. Like some whooping, some... <laughs> Okay, very good, very good. Um, and the colors on this page are beautiful. I really like this. Really yeah. lovely. So, um, Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's gorgeous. Really, really good. I think I just looked at this kind of for a minute, first read it. Uh, let's see here. So uh, later on, they're in bed having a chat. Woo! And Eddie's getting a sinking feeling that Selena is pretty much gearing up for this to be her swan song. Like she doesn't expect right. to survive it. And she's like, shut it. Shut it up. In any way, never mind with that. What about Orpheus? What's that about? What does that mean to you? And... Eddie's response is about the uh, myth of Eurydice. And this is one of the myths that stuck with me as a kid. I went through a lot of phases in my youth. Like I would buy all these books about like Egyptian mythology, Norse mythology, Greek mythology, etc. And this is one of those myths I think that like stays with you when you read it as a kid. 
In fact, we have a song where some of the lyrics sort of allude to this myth. Anyway, Eddie is telling Selena that the myth is about love and loss and grief. And he tells her that the advice she should take from the myth is essentially don't look back. Like, no shit, my guy. But then he also submits that Project Orpheus could simply be a, a cool code name. We are talking about Batman here. Right, yeah. And he is suddenly struck by a revelation. Uh, good old Eddie, if anyone can figure this he's shit the out, Riddler. it's him. He's, he's going to figure yes. it out. He sees it as a puzzle. I mm -hmm. love that. It's good. I, Cliff Chang writes all these characters so well. Yeah, yeah. Just so lovingly. The combinations are really good. I really like this. I, you know, and, and I feel like it's not that they want to be a couple or whatever, right. but it's just like for her, this is one of the only kind of chances that she has to have this kind of moment with anybody. Him too. I mean, this kind of yeah. connection is so rare yeah, for both of them. You know what I mean? And you just sort of like, end up hooking up and it, it, and in I don't this life. I don't think that it's necessarily about love or about... Well, they do have love for one another. But, but it's but more it's about... But it's not a great, burning, passionate love yeah, like with her and Batman, exactly. right? Like it's I think this is more just like... It's, comfort it's, and it's friendship. It's convenience. Yes, convenience well, yes. and yeah. it's comfort and it's friendship. And, and it's like, yeah, after all these years, everyone else is fucking dead and it's just yeah, us and sure. you know what i mean so yeah i i just felt like that was well when very... you're on the run and you're doing heists yeah, and you're i mean yeah. their your circle is like five people exactly yeah and you can't trust anyone and so she's known him for so long yeah i mean you would right yeah, just to yeah. fucking have some sort of connection uh, but it's good though i i like the conversation they have because they are friendly you know, it's not just a like. She's not like, yeah, okay, get out of here. You know, right, they're exactly. they're chilling, they're they, hanging out. They 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 have some uh some some cuddle talk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so now it's it's one week to election night, right? So Selena, Eddie, and Ivy are all at the Gotham Museum of Natural History. Uh, Eddie and Ivy start joking around about Robin showing up and all the cheesy lines everyone would say. And holy history, buff, yeah. Batman. <laughs> That's so good. And so Ivy's that. doing her like, ah, you'll soon find my blooms are as deadly as they are beautiful. Right? So, but Catwoman. <laughs> Enough with memory lane, you two. Yeah, Selena's having none of it. Right? Presumably she's thinking about how Croc was oh, killed right. on their last yeah. heist. And, and is Batman, in... yeah. yeah Batman's so she... dead. And... She's in no mood. She even thinks to herself that she shouldn't be so hard on them. Right? She knows they're probably just trying to keep it light for her sake because they can tell she's nervous. So they lower her down into one of the rooms of the museum from the ceiling so she can steal an ancient burial mask. But it's held down by a safety cable. Selena can't do it alone. So Ivy reaches down with some vines to hold up the mask while Selena removes the cable. Teamwork! Yeah, no, I, I love this moment. I thought it was really good because there's a moment where she's like, I can't do it. It's crucial, yeah, you know, her face. And then she's so like, Ivy's the one who's like, well, we'll do it together. Yes. So she's yes. ready, to, she's ready yes. to give up, but Ivy's like, back. She, she's rallied all these people behind her now where mm -hmm. it's a self motivating thing yeah you know what i mean yeah. she's riled them all up now where even if she doesn't feel good they're still going to all push forward well cliff chang is going through such lengths to show us the connection between all of these people right. they're really close they're friends you know it's not just like yeah i don't know i just really appreciated that i thought it was really well, well it's also like telling because like uh selena has always been like you know i'm alone or i work alone you know blah, exactly blah. now now she's got a crew and it's like she's saying that she can't do it but ivy's like well we'll do it together exactly and i, I mean i like it when she like pops up she's like hey ivy you were perfect right yeah selena makes a little pun I about how ivy was that. perfect. that's so good well she's trying to make up earlier maybe for how she was cross with them right, right? Yeah. so that's yeah it's super super fun I, that was one of she's my favorite joining panels in on it, yeah. the little expression on her face and everything god it was great super it was cute. one of my favorite panels in the whole yeah book. good job aubrey good pointing that out that's excellent 
But I, I love that the, the decoy that they leave is the cat mask. Yeah, they put up a cat mask where the burial mask used to be. I That's kind was, of a little fuck you. That's I thought it was going to be an, a copy of the burial no, mask. No, right. I thought they were oh, going to leave here. another one that looked just like it, but they're like, no, fuck you. We're yeah. gonna, we want you to know that we took it's this. very good. I'm so psyched for this. Jason Blood. Okay, fellas, it's time to get fucking pumped. It's fucking Etrigan time. Yes. Man, oh man. I lost my fucking shit when I got to this page. I was over the fucking moon. So just quickly for people who may not be familiar, this fucking baller right here is Jason Blood. Excuse me, Sir Jason Blood. <laughs> well, let's back up. So Etrigan the Demon is the son of the demon Belial and is summoned by the wizard Merlin. Yes, you heard that correctly. Merlin is DC canon, folks. So Merlin bonds the demon Etrigan to Jason Blood, a knight in King Arthur's court at Camelot. And this bestows upon Jason the wretched curse of immortality, right? So... He's immortal. Right. And uh, Jason Blood, Sir Jason Blood, ends up a prominent <laughs> demonologist in Gotham City, and he travels to the crypt of Merlin, where he discovers a poem, right? A poem that allows him to switch places with Etrigan the demon. And sometimes he speaks in rhymes and fancy fonts, but not always, but sometimes, and that's fun. Yeah. Uh, do you guys know the poem, the transformation poem? Um, gone, gone, the form of man, rise the demon Etrigan. There's a longer version of it. He doesn't okay, usually say yeah, the whole yeah. entire thing. Anyway, he has to say another verse to return to human form, like be gone, Etrigan, resume once more the form of man, something like that. They change it up a little bit right. you know, over the years. They kind of change the wording. But um, anyway, we're going to see all that later at the end of the issue. Yeah, but that's fun. I, I, I really love Etrigan. There is, uh, I want to come back. You know, okay. we, We're already doing some Batman stuff, so this may be later next year. But I want to come back at some point and do Detective Comics 603 to 605. Oh, yeah. That is my favorite yeah. Etrigan story. It's so good. Ever. Um, that is one of my... That That's what made me love that character. It's so good. Was reading that one and his interactions. And Jason Blood is also awesome in that. Um, I highly recommend it. So, For sure. Um, if you're a fan of Etrigan or you haven't read a lot of Etrigan stuff, you could check out those three issues without knowing anything, and you would just love it. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Great yeah. job, John. Thank you so much for suggesting that. That's excellent. Yeah, and I... It's actually good to know because I actually haven't read a lot of Etrigan. What a fucking... I don't know why I like this character so much. There's just something about it. I just love... But lots of fun adventures with this character. Good fun stuff. Anyway, check out that story John said. Uh, Etrigan, of course, was created by the great Jack Kirby, and that's awesome. Yes. Uh, wanted to make sure that I put that in there. So back to our story here. Sir Jason Blood has a fucking dope-ass mansion. We seem to be in a gorgeous <laughs> library with all kinds of ancient tomes and spooky artifacts. Goodness knows we dig on all that. Hey, boys? Yeah, but I do love all the little artifacts. I was like... This one gargoyle statue, yeah, uh, is that that's something, right? I feel like that's something from like a know. movie, or it made me think of the cartoon gargoyles. That can't be what it is, but I don't know. I feel like it's it's familiar to me from somewhere. I have brain rot um, from. But anyway, cartoons. yeah, I, I loved all the little details there. The portraits because yeah. he's immortal. I really love that oh, shot yeah, right there for sure. Absolutely. I like how he's making the same face in. The portrait and in real life. <laughs> Definitely. Eddie and Selena are here with the mask they've stolen, and Eddie has a sledgehammer with them. Uh oh. And he says, A man of your means, who needs another Mesopotamian burial mask? Am I right? <laughs> and it cuts to Jason, who replies that he, in fact, owns six. And right. yeah, he's standing in front of a bunch of antique portraits of himself over the years. He's making the same face. The combination of the imagery yeah. and the line. Is like a it's two jokes in one panel. Yes, you know what I mean with that deadpan expression too. It's just like well, uh, it also lets you know like 
yeah, I've been here a while, dude. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I get it, right? <laughs> so uh, he's got a brandy snifter, a roaring fire in his marble fireplace, some gothic molding over these tall, looming windows. Just a very nice place. Yeah. I would like to go to there. I like the portrait <laughs> I like the portrait of the night over the fireplace. Gorgeous closed corner frame on that one. Eddie's like, riddle me this. He said the thing. Um, say the line, Bart. Uh, when is a mask not a mask? And he cracks the mask open with a sledgehammer, revealing... Dr. Fate's mask. Bum, yes. Bum, the Helm of Naboo. Yes. Uh, Sir Jason yeah. Blood, of course, refers to this artifact by its true name, the Helm of Naboo, and explains that in the wrong hands, it could bring about Armageddon. So he thanks them for bringing it to him, and he's uh, being pretty smooth over here with Selena, kind of showing her the old uh, Knights of Camelot charm, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. And, uh, Eddie interrupts <laughs> this. I think it's cute that he's somewhat annoyed by that. He's like, all right, so do we have a deal or what? Like, he's a little bit, it kind of ruffles his feathers a bit. Yeah. And uh, Etrigan's on the fucking team. Fuck yeah. So psyched. Yeah. He's got the flaming eyes in the last panel, which is a cute touch. I really love that, that last shot with the flaming eyes. Yeah, very cool. Did you have anything about the helm? Yeah, I did have to look this up because I was like, is it just one or are there multiple or whatever? It's the helmet of fate. So there is just one. Created by the Lord yeah. of Order, Naboo, along with other mystical items, the Amulet of Anubis and the Cloak of Destiny, the Ooh. three items you have to have to be Dr. Fate. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And um, so one of the things that, the, that he says is he says... Uh, the Helm of Naboo, but I thought it destroyed after the Chaos Lords, and then you don't hear the rest of mm. what he says. Um, but the Lords of Chaos were the enemies of the Naboo or whatever. Oh, so, okay. like, so I guess they finally won or whatever. Wow. You know, it's kind of bleak. It's kind of like, well, yeah, what the fuck happened? It's I guess. Fucked up. But somebody saved that Doctor Fate helm sure, in yeah. this mask or whatever. So anyway, I thought like. There's a lot well, of storytelling and stuff to think about just in that. Right. Go ahead, Aubrey. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, like, you know, he thought that because he says, I thought the master story with the Lords of Chaos and he trails off. So I'm assuming, like, Dr. Faye got into a battle with the Lords of Chaos and may have been annihilated and destroyed. Right. And yeah. then, like, and then Eddie's like, I don't think the mask can be destroyed. So it's like kind of one of those things where it was destroyed, but then it returns, you know? Oh, so it just like appears. That's what I was wondering too, is like, how does it get in this mess? Mesopotamian thing? No. And how did the Riddler, how did he figure that out? Cause when they were in bed, he was like, Oh, I've got it. Huh. Well, he says something about like the mass showed up and then the carbon dating was testing wrong or something like that. Oh, okay. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Very good stuff, boys. So we cut we cut over to Harvey Dent on top of a tank with a megaphone shouting at a group of cat mask wearing Gothamites to go home. Is this the bat tank from Dark Knight? No, this is just a regular tank. Oh, this okay. is just a tank. But they might have put bat computer technology into it. I don't right. know. Right. Because remember like in the Frank uh, Miller Dark Knight, which one is that's it? That's a different tank. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not the tank from the Dark Knight Returns. No. But it definitely has a bat like look on the front of right. it. Right. Okay, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, so they're bat cops here ready to commit some horrific brutality. And we've also got some heroic responsible citizens that are gathered there. And uh, they suddenly part so that Barbara Gordon may come forward towards Harvey. Oh, so I wanna... they just look at each other. Yeah. Just I w staring each other down pretty foreboding. I want to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so the protesters are in front of the Monarch Theater and it says the Mark of Zorro special 80th anniversary. So that was the wow. same one that was playing when batman when his parents were shot or whatever yeah. and then they're all wearing the cat mask of course but like when they part there's a page reveal that it's barbara gordon but you just see the yellow boots 
Yeah. And when you saw those yellow boots, you're like, like I know who oh. this is. Yeah. But I love that she's wearing the yellow she's boots. Wearing because those yellow it's boots. Like, it's like even though she's still in the wheelchair, she's still gonna have that. She mm-hmm. she's going she's to off. a fight. She's yeah. going to a fight. Yeah. Well, she's I, not in the Batwoman suit. And, but she's kind of dressed in a similar style. Like yeah, she's wearing yeah. street I was clothes. Say, she's, she's, I would but, say she's wearing her purple. Uh, she's wearing a purple leather jacket too. Right. Well, it's like she's she's wearing street clothes, but they're like the street clothes you would wear if you had decided you wanted to look like Batgirl in street clothes. Right. Right. Because like we see her Batgirl costume doesn't look anything like this at all. But this is like if she was Batgirl now, if she Batwoman, I suppose. Well, one of them kind, one of them. Well, one of the I mean, re- it kind of looks like the Burnside Batgirl. There you go. The well, Burnside yeah, exactly. One, but yeah. she's not that one in this story, right? So it's yeah. a different take on that, yeah, which I think yeah. is super it's kind neat. Of cool. It's like it's like she, a nice tribute, or, yeah, yeah. To if that. she were gonna be a bat in the Bat family today, this is what she'd be wearing, and that seems like a very conscious choice on her part because yeah. she's just staring him down. Very good. I love that they take the whole page to just have this moment. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, absolutely. You get the big reveal. He's he's on the giant tang. She's in the wheelchair, and then you see both of their faces. No just dialogue. At each other. Yeah, Very good. Really awesome. The colors are incredible. Oh yeah. One thing I also like is like um, I like that little panel of all the people wearing the cat mask. It kind of reminds me of Visa Vendetta, where they're all wearing the guy sure. fox mask. I think that's yeah. probably a very yeah. um, purposeful. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it yeah. is. Yeah, sure. And uh, back to Selena and company. Jason Blood is comparing Selena to Robin Hood, and she's like, "Ah, oh, no, none of that." And Sir Blood gives her some wisdom from the Wizard Merlin. That's fun. Uh, Eddie is kind of poking fun at Jason here. He's like, "Geez, I thought Batman had a shtick. Oh, I guess you have a type, huh? Tall, dark, and insanely wealthy." She's like, "Oh, I thought you meant redheads," and that kind of makes Eddie rela- yeah, relax he was, he a little bit. He's like, "Oh, you're quick." Yeah, he's kind of chill. <laughs> that was out. really cute. Very cute. That was very a cute. cute. Moment. I love that. And uh, they pass some bat cops, and the but so they're in disguise, but the bat cops have Terminator vision thanks to their bat goggles. So they tell her to stop, but she's like, "Nah." She throws some kind of flashbang smoke grenade oh, combo. The color yeah. in that. I love that page. I love that reveal. Oh of the yeah, color so right good. There, yellow at the bottom. Very good. God, that's incredible. Uh, so they seem to be following her around a little too easily, right? So they found her in the tunnel when Croc was killed, and they found her here, and she wonders to herself if there may be a mole in her right, organization. Yeah. She gets very suspicious. That sucks. And I was like immediately like, okay, well, who? Fuck, exactly. Like, who would it be? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so while running away from the Bat Cops, she stumbles upon the standoff between Barbara and Harvey, and Babs spots her and directs her to go through the theater and the crowd of Gothamites with the cat masks on have got her back. They let her through. Dent is not having this. He He's not having it. And he tells the back cops to fire into the crowd and try to stop Selena. Man. So they fire tear gas at the crowd. It's an all-out brawl between a high-tech, fully-armed military just shit squad. Hits the fan, yeah. And I mean... It really this, does. This whole scene, like, it's just the tension is building and building. And then when Catwoman shows up in the middle of this, like, it just... It's on that little thread. I love how the crowd is like, Sets oh, we got, off. is that really her? We got your back, Catwoman. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're ready. Well, Dent to... loses it. Yeah. No, I also get how she's running through the cemetery. She's like, I need to get lost in the crowd before their back ever rise. And she's like, huh, huh. and she runs. She's like, oh, shit. Right. She totally she's did not the get lost. opposite in the of that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That is great. Very good. So, this is a fully armed, high tech military squad wearing body armor. And some regular normal citizens. Right, yeah. And so, anyway, it's just fucking horrible. And the Bat Cops grab Barbara Gordon and, and throw they, the they chuck her wheelchair yeah. away. It's so fucked up. 
one of the Gothamites is recording this on their phone, and then the tank starts moving, and it's pretty gnarly out here. And we cut to the news that is reporting about what happened. So this is later. Uh, Mahunkel's bar was destroyed. The Monarch Theater was hit by artillery and demolished. The charges against Barbara were dropped thanks to the video of them grabbing her out of her fucking chair and throwing it away. But even she points out that things would probably have been way worse for her had she not been white. So she's still like like fighting on the side right, of the people like yeah. this is still not cool like yeah i got out but like what if i hadn't have been a white lady like what would have happened to me then and so yeah ma hunkle's like yeah they knocked over all our vigil candles and destroyed my fucking bar so grim the monarch theater is fucking demolished right, they dem- that's what all the protesters were trying to protect was the theater but it got damaged during the attack well i think it yeah. was just happened they happened to be there it says sadly the historic monarch theater at the protest site was hit by police artillery and with the structure declared unstable demolition is proceeding as planned so yeah. i mean whether or not it was actually unstable right, yeah. i don't know if harvey dent just wanted it destroyed or i don't know but one of the things is when it's going on live um you do see that they wayne is watching it barbara's son right you know, yes he, thank you for pointing that he's out seeing all that so i thought that, that was also like i don't know pretty intense yeah very you know, intense for your kid to be watching you potentially being blown up or well but also that you're willing to stand your, up for what's yeah. right well, no matter yeah. what yeah. Ha- happens to you so it's like he's also learning that it's yeah. important to be brave sure. in the face of totalitarianism which is maybe kind of Maybe Cliff Chang is setting this little kid up to be like a, you know, he's going to sure, be like yeah, hey. somebody. So Harvey Dent, in the wake of all this, is promising more police activity because that will surely calm things down. He's calling out some elite tactical squads to hunt down Catwoman and tries to blame the commissioner for the police violence. So they go to interview the commissioner. And he's like, that rat fuck, these police are. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love that. And that's has been building throughout the whole book. This where fucking guy. The, yeah. Uh, the, fuck this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, okay, listen, the police are committed to de-escalation. No, they're not. And the promotion of safety. We all know that's a fucking lie. Uh, just a quick aside here. In this scene, he's drinking from like a disposable coffee cup, whatever the name of the in-universe Starbucks is, right? From it's the, the last issue. The Poison Ivy one, yeah. right? And yeah. so he tosses the cup into a bin and Eddie fishes it out while wearing some protective gloves and puts it in a Ziploc and takes that to Selena. Well, he's in a cool little disguise, too. He's a little disguise, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. disguise there. At first I was like, who is that? But they reveal it like <laughs> li- like literally down the page, yeah. like on the next panel. I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah, he gets to the headquarters and he tells Selena that he got the trash cup. And Selena tells him that he and his daughter are out of the Batcave job. And she says they'll still get their shares, but it's too dangerous for them to go. That Ivy and Jason can take care of it. And Eddie's like, oh, yeah, sure, he can take care of a lot of things. What's this all about? You know, and Selena's like, listen, this is my call. And Eddie insists he wants to help her with the job. But Selena's not fucking around. She's like, hey, Eddie, why were the cops there last night? He's like, I don't know. Probably because they were working security for the mayor, literally two blocks that way. Don't get all paranoid on me. And Selena's like, what are you trying to get a taste of the old days or what? I thought you kicked your habit. And he's like, that is not fair. Right. That's what he had said, that he wasn't doing it anymore. Yeah. And anyway, what about Edie and her training? Don't you owe her an explanation? So Selena cuts him off and she's like, I'm not her fucking mom. So Eddie and Edie leave. Uh, she checks in with Winston, who tells her that the Clayface Clay is breaking down. They don't have any more time. They were supposed to wait for Election Day, but they got to move it up to tomorrow. Right, so right. it's tomorrow here now. 
Um, I do want to mention, though, it. he's got a dope dead man jacket. Is oh, cool. Fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the two tone. The two tone red oh, is fucking awesome. Like, someone needs to make this dead man jacket or whatever. Very good. It is so cool. So, yeah, he's always got some awesome clothes with some Easter eggs in there. And I was like, man, that's a dope one. That's a fun one. That's a good one. I didn't even catch that, John. That's a good one. Uh, meanwhile, we're back over to Harvey Dent. He's at a table with a bunch of guys, and he's raising a champagne glass to make a big toast. When one of the guys is like, uh, yeah, it's not going to work out, my man. And they bail. And Harvey's... The stadium thing that they're trying to yes. build or whatever. Yeah. They're not wait, 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 wait. With it. Hold on. Uh, when he says, gentlemen, we have eaten well and it's time. I believe that's like something that was uh, Batman said in Batman Year One. Like when he first announced himself oh, to like, you know. Oh, you're absolutely he oh, did he? blew the wall up and he goes, gentlemen, you've eaten well of Gotham or something like that. What yes. the fuck? Yeah. You're right. That is a famous line from year one where he appears on the dinner table or whatever. Oh, and he turns geez. up on the line. He, he blows the wall, pops in, and he like. You're absolutely right, Aubrey. Yeah. What a great, what a great Good Easter catch. egg right Thank there. you for that. Very nice. Man, Excellent. Cliff Chang really has so many awesome Easter eggs. I'm sure we're missing some too, but yeah, if, if that's a good one. Listeners, if you see any that we not, are not mentioning, uh, yell it out loud at us while you're listening to this, but then- <laughs> While you're a, driving in your car. Send us a, hey, damn guys, uh, that's an email, um, or you, you can email us, or you can leave a little comment on social medias, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, so there he's making a big toast, and the guys are like, nah, we're, we're out of here, actually, and they bail. Harvey's pissed. He has a big baby tantrum, and he throws some furniture around like a diaper baby. When he throws his tantrum, and he's, like, banging the chair against the glass, like, I w- like was he trying to break the glass? Like, t- I mean, if you're banging a chair against... I was wondering if he was trying to jump out of the window. Oh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, he was going to break the glass and try to jump out, and then he stops, and he's like, I'm in control. I'm still a good man. You know what mm, I mean? But I'm right. like, what is happening and, right there? You know what I mean? Well, and then also like the uh, the two-faced side of him is in shadows when he says that. Yeah. You know? It's like he's repressed himself somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm know. still a good man. Like, that's why you can't see that part of it or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, really cool moment. Yeah. Very good. Uh, oh, and sorry. This year one panel, uh, he says, ladies and gentlemen, you have eaten well. You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit. Your feast is nearly over. Okay. Yeah. So that's from, that is from Batman. Well remembered, Aubrey. Thank you so much for pointing that out. That's excellent. So another time jump here, cutting back to 10 years ago on Fool's Night and Robin, uh, Tim Drake Robin is jumping around, putting handcuffs on the Royal Flush Gang. Yes. Does anybody want to talk about Royal Flush Gang? Yes. They first appeared in Justice League of America number 43 in 1966. They have the playing card theme. I like them. They're cool. Their code names are based on the cards needed to form a Royal Flush and Poker. Ace, King, Queen, Jack, and Ten. The Joker occasionally affiliates himself uh-huh. with this group as well. Um, and sometimes there's a character called Wild Card. Mm. Anyway, there you go. There's a, We actually recently touched on this episode. It's a Justice League Unlimited uh, episode. The Royal Flush Gang is fucking everything up. And everyone's like trying to trying to stop them from doing all this. And Batman's just like, I'm going to go kill this little girl. So he just like walks in there. And, you know, obviously it's super sad because she's like, well, I'm dying. And he's like, well, you know, that sucks. And then she's like, well, you stay with me. And he like holds her hand and it's just very sad. And, you know, but it's also very touching. And so that was um, I remember that that's that stood out to me uh, as a very good use of the Royal Flush gang. And in that episode, that was really cool. We did talk about that when we were talking about about Kevin Conroy. Um, that, yeah. that, it's from Justice League Unlimited. The episode is called Epilogue. Ah, very nice. Thank you. But yeah, and they've obviously appeared in many comics, and uh, I'm sure some of them are great and some of them are bad. I can't exactly remember any specific 
storylines yeah. off the top of my head, but good stuff. Anyway, they're cool. You get handcuffs and you get handcuffs. Yeah, very good. Uh, Batman and Catwoman are standing by and Batman thanks Selena for her help. Selena replies that it felt good to be useful. She comments on how Tim is a sweet kid and Bruce did a good job with him. And Bruce is like, nah, I didn't do that. He's got a home and people who love him. He isn't an orphan like me and Dick, referring, of course, to Richard Grayson, the first Robin, a.k.a. Nightwing. Just a quick aside, though. It's kind of fucked up to imply that orphans automatically end up without homes or people who love them. I mean, obviously, being violently orphaned is very traumatic, though, sure, so maybe yeah. that's what he meant by that. He's overgeneralizing. Yes. And, well, Dick had a home. Well, Bruce, it was with Bruce, so I guess that's not really better. And that's a super <laughs> fucked up home. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, what I'm trying to say is Bruce is really projecting here, but whatever. That's, you know. That's that's what he does. That's yes. part of being the Batman. Yes, it is. Batman is a sad, sad boy. <laughs> and uh, Catwoman looks at him all sad and puts a hand on his shoulder and says, she's sorry that Alfred died. And Batman pulls away to be a brooding sad boy. He's also sad and brooding. And Catwoman's like, hey, you know, like one of these days, we'll probably have to cut this shit out. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't you ever think about what life would be like if we weren't doing this shit? And in typical Batman fashion, he's like, nah. There's a bit of a beat here, and he goes, but if I were going to think about a life with all this uh, running around and getting blown up, I would definitely want to be with you. And they share a moment here on the rooftop, very goth and romantic. Just as they're about to have a big kiss, Nightwing comes in over the radio and interrupts. There's some bullshit going down, and Batgirl is there. She's like, yeah, this is some bullshit. You it's know, right we, before the full night. We better get on this. Exactly. Get on yeah. Yeah. So, um yeah. yeah, that sucks. So, like, Very he's going to die next. Like, uh -huh. that's what's going to happen. It's the next thing that happens. Everyone's going to die. Commissioner Gordon, all these people. Exactly. All this fucked up shit's yeah. going to happen. Um, I do want to say, the though. Colors are um, great here. I, I love the colors. I love this whole scene. I love the Batman costume that Cliff yeah. Chang has decided. Like, whatever, Very romantic. Whatever this endgame Batman costume. Like, the cow has a certain look. He's got, like, this little chin thing um under yeah, I like the he's whole look there. He's got the big uh, dramatic Dracula cape yeah, yeah. going. Yeah. But he's still got the yellow belt, which is cool. He's got the little ears. Yeah, little, little ears. ears yeah, very good. And he's, you know, as 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 much as he's being a stick in the mud, we also see this moment where he allows himself to be soft and gentle with her, right? And have his big brooding Dracula cape kind of flowing in the wind, and we can see it. Like yeah. we can see why she's attracted yeah. to him oh, yeah. here, because most of the time it's like why, but then here <laughs> in this scene, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, like it's very. It's fun. Did you see the yeah. Batman with Robert Pattinson? Of course. Yes, exactly. Know, I mean, yes. That's the, yeah. It, like, Most of the time, it's like the Batman with who? Robert Pattinson. Robat Batten Bat. Robat Batten Bat. That's yes. what I thought. Robat Batten Bat. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like most of the time he's a fucking, he's a little creep and you're yeah. like, what is this little creep? Which, you know, I mean, may or may not be part of the charm for you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're me who likes an unhinged little creep, which I definitely do. But, um, you know, you can see it. And there are these moments when he's, he shines through. It's really inc an incredible acting job that he did. Really, right, really good. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, yeah, you can kind of see those little moments in there. I like really that, good yeah. stuff. I actually do like the fucking awful creep that he is i think he's perfect he's just a fucking just a wretched shell of a man wonderful mm -hmm. chef's kiss uh so cut back to present day right there 
they're making a Mission Impossible mask with clay face bits. Remember the coffee cup so, that uh, Eddie fished out yeah, of the rubbish from uh, earlier? Am I stupid? Like, I had no idea that this is what they were doing. And it's like, oh, yeah, of course. They had the clay face. Well, you say, and- of course, like they've molded the clay into a rough shape of a human face and touched it with the coffee cup in order to create a living mask in the shape of the commissioner's yeah, face. It's really cool, but it's also kind of obvious. Like, I was like, man, am I dumb? Like, I should have realized this is what they were doing. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that either. I honestly thought that they were going to do something to, like, they were working on breaking him out that they were going to insert his mud into some other mud oh, and he was going to be like yeah. ah i'm free now or something oh, okay like well yeah, i'm just going to breeze but obviously yeah that's not what happened just going to breeze right <laughs> past how that shit works they they <laughs> head on over to wayne manor so jason blood is now pretending to be the commissioner with the clayface mission impossible mask oh yeah and he shows up to wayne manor with Catwoman and Poison Ivy, who are both disguised as bat cops. He tells the real bat cops on duty that they can go ahead and leave. They kind of question it for a second, and Jason Blood is ready. He offers them two sporting tickets as a token of his esteem. (laughs) Two sporting tickets, my good sirs, for the big sport that I know you enjoy so well. (laughs) The bat cops are impressed with the tickets, box seats at the playoffs, ooh, apparently, and uh, then they notice that something is up. Uh, the Clayface mask is going all weird and right. Jason Blood plays this off with ah oh, yes perhaps too much of the spirits last night but I appreciate your concern my good man oh my god very good I live so for hilarious. this shit oh, I live for it Cliff Chang writes an ensemble so well very good the back cop guards turn to get into their squad car and leave and the gang takes off their disguises and Ivy is like, you're 1,500 years old. You never managed to take even one acting class. <laughs> you dummy. In my time, theater was the province of rogues and scoundrels. Which, yeah, that has not yeah, changed much. Well, that was much, like a zillion years ago, dude. I don't know if that's changed very much. Um, let's see here. Winston points out that this role was originally supposed to go to Eddie. Yes. And Selena cuts him off by saying, it's already done. Let's set up the equipment already. One of the bat cops is like, man, it's a great day. I'm having a great time. Can't believe we got these sporting tickets. The other one is like, this seems weird. I'm calling this in. You're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the the equipment that Catwoman is trying to use to find the underground entrance to the Batcave is not working. So Ivy reaches down to the ground and does it that way. Bada bing. A big old tunnel into the Batcave. I love how she changes into the Catwoman costume. Yeah, yeah. So she has to put on her... I don't know. I just love that. You know, she th- that's part of this is uh, when they get yeah. into the Batcave, she's, she's in the Catwoman costume. Yes. That's part of her thing. Very good. Uh, Catwoman thinks to herself that it feels like a tomb. And out loud, she mentions that it's pretty dark and Etrigan maybe could help them out with that. And Jason Blood's like, this is serious and I need you to I take love this, this seriously. They're like, they're like, hey, summon the demon. Show us the fire. He's like, this is a serious this thing. Is... I'm going to literally have to die. They're like, turn into the demon. Turn into Etrigan already. Turn into Etrigan. Just do Let's it. See do it. it, damn it. Do, yeah. it. do the trick already. He's like, this is serious. I can't just... They're like, just do it already. Like, I am begging you to take this seriously. <laughs> Selena's like, yeah, I just turned into a big demon already. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So Jason Blood starts to kind of say a bit of a farewell, like, oh, it's been nice knowing you. This is going to suck. And Catwoman is like, why are you saying goodbye, though? And he's like, well, I'm going to turn into a pile of bones and become a big, horrible demon. And he says the thing, the transformation poem. Change. Change, oh form of man. Release the might from fleshy mile. Boil the blood in heart of fire. Gone. Gone the form of man! Rise of the demon! Etrigan! Ah! 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 
It's pretty dramatic. He burns up into a charred pile of bones and explodes into a big demon, and it's Etrigan. It's Etrigan, you guys. Oh, no. He's grabbing Catwoman and Poison Ivy by their throats. That's no good. A real cliffhanger. A real cliff changer. Oh, eh? wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, this was kind of surprising, though, because there's a moment where he just turns into a pile of bones, and there it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen. You right. know what I mean? Like, and I was also wondering, like, no, is, is he really dead? Dead? But I guess they say he's immortal, right? He's got to well, come. Well, he's yeah. got to die to and come back. Right. So Etrigan it's... has to die for him to come back uh-huh. to Jason Blood again. I yeah. Guess. Um, the colors they use for his big reveal. Yeah. So good, that bright fucking just like electric well, neon pink and that neon green, and it's yes. just very old school. The Kirby crackle yeah. and very good homage there. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Such is the fate of my jailer, Jason Blood. Shall it be thine as well? I fucking love Etrigan. I just like his whole deal. I love that shit. That was so good. I like his whole deal. I love the whole Jekyll Hyde thing. I love that he's a demon from hell who sometimes speaks in rhymes and little poems. We love a demon from hell, don't we, boys? I do, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I just think they're neat. I'm not too familiar with all those demons from hells. (laughs) Well, then he... (laughs) And any hell held boys. Mm. Uh. I, I like how uh, I, I like how stout um, yes. Cliff Chang makes him. Very it reminds good. me of like the Brave and the Bold version. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you ever saw oh, that yeah. Brave and the Bold. Uh, that's a great cartoon. I love that show too. And uh, they do a version of Etrigan that's like the big yeah. stocky one. Kind of. I would like love this. to see Jack Black in this role. Oh, that would be awesome. Amazing. Yeah. He would do an amazing job. I love the fancy Thor font they give him. I like the idea that the wizard Merlin absolutely fucked over this knight from King Arthur's court. <laughs> and now he's like an immortal Batman, basically. So good. I like his design like- as well. I think that's fantastic. His design is very good. I have to wonder, like, how did Merlin go around picking Jason Blood? Was he sitting there going, hmm. This Sir fucking guy, Gar- I reckon. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So Wayne, Sir Lancelot, Jason Blood. Hmm. <laughs> no. I think I found my winner. Yeah, really. Yeah. His design is so cool. According to uh, Wikipedia, Etrigan was inspired by a comic strip of Prince Valiant, uh, in which Prince Valiant is dressed as a demon. And apparently Jack Kirby referenced the mask that Prince Valiant had on in that comic strip. Right. And that design may or may not have been inspired by the Swedish silent film uh, Hexen. And according to the internet, Hexen apparently means witch. And this film uh, was an essay film written and directed by Benjamin Christensen. Apparently, he did all this extensive research about the history of witchcraft. Yeah, that's a pretty messed and, up movie. Yeah, yeah, the persecution of accused witches. And it gets into the historical roots of and superstitions surrounding witchcraft beginning in the Middle Ages on through to the 20th century. It was shot in Denmark in 1920, uh, and at the time, it was the most expensive Scandinavian silent film ever made, costing two million Swedish kroner. And that's Catwoman, Lonely City, and that's a book club, and yeah, that's friendship. <laughs> great job! Yeah, that was when, a great transition. <laughs> when Thank they, you. Uh, when, when when they had the review of all of his stuff in his uh, fancy home, yeah, um, there was a big painting over the fireplace, and I was wondering if that was a tribute to Prince Valiant. Oh, I wonder um, because I he is based on Prince Valiant. I was just looking at. That I thought maybe that was like this is a or, portrait of Jason Blood, or or, or his Camelot original, or yeah, like yeah, or like court, his original, night, yeah, hood, like his whole yeah. deal. I don't know. But then so we get a preview of the next thing, the next book, and I'm so fucking excited because it's the Batcave. Oh, yeah. It's the giant Penny. It's the giant Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> it's the giant Joker card. It's all the bat costumes and the little tubes. Yeah. It's everything, and it's the just penguins. magnificent. Really yeah. Cool. yeah. I'm really excited for this. Get hyped. Excellent. Get hyped. Awesome. Well, great job. You know, uh, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for this last issue. I was kind of bummed about this whole thing with Riddler and Edie. Um, I guess right. like she assumed. Well, that's not so, over. So I'm wondering, like, is the mole still on the team? Mm-hmm. Were they were were they like what is going to happen with that? I don't know. I, don't I mean, because I haven't read ahead. Uh, wh- what do you think, Aubrey? Any any? Uh, I have I have not read ahead. I think the mole. I, I haven't a thought who the mole might be, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see Eddie and Edie and that helmet again. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a great idea. I think yeah. they'll end up coming to her rescue. Okay, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because it's like they're we're not done with them for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, she's definitely got history with Poison Ivy. But, like, Winston, like, that was OG. Well, I guess her friend was like, hey, take my kid with you. Remember? Right. So it's yeah. kind of like, I was wondering about him. I don't know. Um, but that's, um, that's, who I'm, that's, that's my thought, too. He's yeah. very unassuming. But he was like, I'm a big fan of yours. I had the Jim Belent, you know, yeah. poster of you in the purple costume. So I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. It's like, but this whole idea of a mole kind of has me rattled a little. Maybe bit. Maybe they have like, her bugged somehow. Yeah, like, maybe it has nothing to do with. Yeah, mole, maybe it's like, that's a red herring, and they have maybe her bugged. It is, and... Yeah, but I can't stop it, thinking about it. Now. Sure. Maybe you know. Okay, so the one instance where they found him in the sewer—that's pretty. Like, how did they find that? But then, like the other place where it's two blocks from the mayor avenue where the mayor was, you know. Right. Uh, well, that's what Eddie offers up. I, and, I don't know. Yeah. It could have been that. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. fucking and, know. So it could have been. And yeah. uh, we do know that the cops that they quote unquote tricked called it in. So when I mean, they're going to show up regardless. If oh, right. oh, that's not. right. They did call it in. So the cops are going to show up. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Aubrey. That's going to happen. So, wow. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of speculation. I like this. I like not knowing what's going to happen and just right. like. Uh, we'll all read it together next time. So, excellent. I really enjoyed that. Great job, Danielle, with the notes there. Thank you. Thank you both for yeah. all of your awesome insights and uh, Easter eggs and things. This, Very good. This has been a great series so far. and I feel like I love this so, it's, so much. It, it's not just like a great Batman book that doesn't really have Batman in it. Right. But it's also like a... It's like a love letter to like DC comics. Yeah. And the lore. It really and is. All these like weird Easter eggs and deep stuff. You know, it's like, it's not just the Bat universe. There's all this other stuff that's in there too, which I just think is really amazing. Well, this guy's a powerhouse. I mean, he wrote this. It's such an incredible story. Yeah. Really incredible dialogue. It's It's very, very good. But not only that, I mean, he wrote it. He drew it. He colored it. The colors alone yeah. are just oh, spectacular. spectacular. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just, I mean, the artwork itself, just the pencils and inks are, I mean, I mean, any one of these, yeah. you know, elements yeah. alone is exemplary. I, but I, the fact that this one guy is doing all of it, I am so impressed with that. That's I, incredible. Uh, I, I haven't read issue four yet, but I... I have to say that there's going to be some Eisner nominations for Cliff Chang. Oh, for this yeah. Book. I mean, there better be. Or, if there's or not, we riot. Yeah. That's, that would be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, there's got to yeah. be. very there's good. There's got to be some nominations for him. But anyway, spectacular book. When I was like reading this, like, I was just like, man, this is just like, I was like reading it. And next thing I know, it's over. And I'm like, oh, it's. You know, I know, it, I right? Know, it's, just, it, it's just like. It, it moves it's such a really good i mean it's and then i was like well that was 52 pages you just don't put it down exactly it's yeah. longer yeah. obviously than your average issue but it feels like you just breeze right through it because it's just so yeah. engaging and, and, it, and it's just so rewarding and yeah it just, yeah oh it, man it, it, Patrick, it, fucking actrigan showed up yeah. like ah. 
I feel Fucking like Croc died. I know. R.I.P. Uh, Croc. I feel like the colors the and the, the, the dialogue and the characterizations, they create this momentum that just like pulls you through the book like yeah. uh, without stopping the yeah. colors and everything. Just really cool. I'm so glad that we're talking about this book and I'm glad that everyone's enjoying it. Yeah, maybe we'll hear from Bruno. Uh, maybe, I, I, <laughs> I would like to hear his uh, eulogy. Oh, I would like for, to hear Bruno give a eulogy for Killer for, Croc. Ki- for King Croc. For yeah, yeah. We King Croc. King Croc. There you go. The King of Gotham. That's right. The King of Gotham. Excellent. Well, awesome job there. Um, I can't wait to hear everyone else's thoughts on the book. Now, Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right. All right, everybody. Catwoman Lonely City Part 3. Man, that was such a fun story. If you haven't read this, you wang listening to this podcast, go read the damn book and get back to us with the Hey You Damn Guys. You can send it to us at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers if it hasn't exploded already. <laughs> uh, you can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to Paul from Gotcha Han for the uh, listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. Uh, our theme music is from Only Beast. Our art is from Matt and Ross. Uh, you may have heard of them. Book Club members. And as always, you can find the podcast where you get your podcast from. And if you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps, and we know you want to do it. <laughs> and also, um, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, uh, tell a friend. You know, have them join the book club. Everybody's welcome. Do it. Next week, we are going to be going back over to the Hellboy Book Club podcast, and we are going to be reading Asheron with our good friend, the letter hack, Matt Strackbine himself. Book club member. So so you guys know what to do. Pull out those that one issue, <laughs> digital or floppy, and join us next week over at the Hellboy Book Club podcast. And we'll be back here in a couple of weeks, and we'll be doing Catwoman Lonely City issue four. So see you then. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a cursed. I'm cursed by Merlin to be a demon from hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm Aubrey Lovelace. Say, holy history buffs, Batman. Ah. Yes. Awesome. Very good.